Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsom, and TJ Peterson. Hello and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And joining us today once again from WPLG Local 10 and the Chirping the Cats podcast, David Dwork. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Gentlemen, as always, it's a pleasure to talk hockey and whatever other nonsense we end up uh, side <laughs> So it's it's been kind of an interesting offseason for the Panthers already. Uh, pretty active, but more internally than externally, less the one uh, very large external move, I suppose. Uh, but I guess we still have yet to see the fruits of that, but we'll get into that later. Uh, just before we get into things kind of specifically, how do you feel about the Panthers offseason so far and Bill Zito's second uh, summer as the Florida Panthers general manager? Well, I guess first summer, second, second off season. It's still within that first year of (laughs) hiring. Hasn't even been 12 months yet. Um, But I mean, feeling really good looking at that Panthers roster. It's kind of hard not to like what you see, whether it's the forward group, whether it's the defense, Uh, you know, the goaltending, I guess, would be the the question mark. But that's like the one area of the team that really was just kind of stuck where it was. Like nothing was going to change there. You knew Bob was not going anywhere and night. Apparently, Knight's ready to go. So there's your goalie situation. But I mean, forward-wise, they're incredibly deep. Zito's, he's bringing back everybody. All the guys that he kind of gave tryouts to last year, the Duclairs, the Verhages, they're all coming back. Gus Forsling, I, you have to really like that Zito's able to yeah. not only find these guys, but then lock them up for long-term, which he's doing right now. And, and as you kind of alluded to, he's in the process of completing uh, the other two big deals, which would be Barkov's extension and, and the big splash, the one that maybe we didn't see coming this offseason, um, the Sam Reinhardt deal. Yeah, and that Reinhardt trade really kind of shores up that that forward group. I mean, I'm really, really excited about what Sam Reinhardt brings to the table. But uh, I, I kind of want to focus internally before we, before we talk too much about Sam Reinhardt. Uh, so I guess the quick recap of the move since the last time we recorded – um, expanding draft is over. Chris Drieger's gone. We have Bobrovsky and Knight. That's that is what it is. It's what we expected. It's just about best case scenario for the Panthers. Uh, Anton Strawman out the door. Uh, he is now in Arizona. We get that five and a half million dollars of cap space back. Hooray! Uh, Bennett is hanging around for the next four years, I believe. Carter Verhage is hanging around for three additional years on top of the one year he has remaining. Uh, which is fantastic. Brandon Montour is staying. David alluded, uh, you alluded to Gus Forsling hanging around. Anthony Duclair is staying around. Uh, the only one that uh, that Zito gave one of those like one-year prove-it deals that walked uh, is Alex Wenberg, and he's off to Seattle as well. Uh, but 
to be either a three C or maybe even four C. Well, he was never going to be a fourth line center. Um, he he's making too much to be our third line center. I mean, that's that just. I'm very happy for Wenberg. He had a great season last year uh, in terms of individual production, uh, and he's getting his due. He'll be a top six center for uh, for Seattle, and good for him. Down the middle, we'll have some combination of Barkov. Uh, Bennett slash Reinhardt. I don't imagine both of them playing center, uh, but one of them certainly will. Uh, Lundell and, uh, of course, Nolachari still hanging around. Uh, so the Panthers keep the team together. Uh, I, the next thing we kind of have to talk about regarding that is that contract situation, though. TJ, I know you have words to say uh, about how this cap space has been used. Uh, and some of the some of the ways that some of these contracts have come together. So why don't you uh, take the mic? Yeah, I, I did want to allude to the uh, the cost that these moves uh, took, uh, starting off with the Strawman trade, which uh, cost the Panthers both uh, a second round pick in 2024. Which is interesting that the Coyotes are trading for that pick. I'm sure that uh, Zito is happy to not have to trade one from the next two drafts. Obviously couldn't trade one from this uh, upcoming draft because that was using mm-hmm. the Sam Bennett trade. And uh, also Vladislav Kolyachanok last year's, uh, not last year's, the year before, two years ago, the Panthers drafted him in the second round. Uh, Belarusian defenseman was playing in the KHL and the AHL a little bit this past season he didn't necessarily look like a stud, but you were starting to see a guy that the Panthers had in the in the pool. And he didn't necessarily project as a for sure top four defenseman, but you definitely could see the path to him being a guy that they would value. And so those are two real pieces that they gave up to get rid of Strawman. Um, they sign Sam Bennett. I think that was the first extension yeah. that they did to the four year. million contract. I do not believe it has any trade protection. Uh, No, it does not. And uh, only, only a signing bonus in the first year. So team friendly in terms of how the money is allocated, but um, let's talk about this for a second because there, there should be some discourse. I don't want to be the only one giving my opinion on it. And, my opinion was that this should have been a one-year deal. I mean, Sam Bennett is a guy who consistently was a bottom six player in Calgary, and he comes to the Panthers. Obviously, he wasn't a bottom six player here. He was in the regular season, 15 points in 10 games. Looked like a perfect fit, and that top five draft pick That's that he was. the nicest you ever said about him. Why are you – yeah, that, I mean, because it was 15 – it was 10 games, 15 points – which is pretty good for 10 games, but you can't even say, Oh, and the playoffs, because in the playoffs, he cost them in game one. And other than that, really, he, other than scoring a game goal in game three, he didn't really do a whole lot. So it's really that regular season that you're, you're paying for. And this is no reason to say, well, just get rid of him. But like, I want to see in the next 82 games, who the real Sam Bennett is. Is it that bottom six player that we saw for, what was it, six years in Calgary? Or was it the guy that showed up in Florida for 10 games and lit the world I will say fire? his GAR metrics uh, in those 10 games for Florida were actually pretty solid. Uh, so there were underlying numbers to support his individual scoring. Um, that yeah. said, 
10 games is not a huge sample size to be rewarded with that kind of deal for the money. I don't mind, uh, but four years kind of took me by surprise. Yeah, that was, that was the sticking point. I think that's why the deal took a little longer to get done was the term uh, Bennett want, wanted more than that. Actually. I, I mean, he, as you would expect a player to want to player, a lot of the players negotiating right. this summer, not just Bennett have, have been asking for longer term with the Panthers and they're not willing to go longer than three or four years with anybody whose name doesn't rhyme with Schmarkov, but you're going to, this is the test, right? Like coming out of the gate, Bill Zito has been like every movie makes turns to gold. Everybody's happy with what he's done so far. Well, now Zito's had this summer where he's locking these guys up to these deals. So now that's kind of going to be tethered to him. That's going to be what his success is based on now is are these deals going to work out or is TJ going to, you know, twist somebody's head off because Sam Bennett's making $4 million a year. And if he goes back to the Calgary numbers, he's going to be getting what, 26, 20 points a year, 20, 30 points a year, not 15 points in 10 games. So obviously they're confident in what he did in Florida is going to be a big picture thing, but I totally see that where TJ's concern is coming from. Right. And of course in Calgary, it's not like he played with Huberto and Duclair. He, he played with uh, Michael Backlund and Milan Lucic. Like you're not going to get a lot of scoring. It's going just with that like one. I, I have no problem if they're that confident that what they saw last season in Bennett is, you know, going to be the big picture. It's going to be the mean. It's going to be how he plays from now on. If they're like, nope, I saw it. I'm good. I don't think he was playing above his head, above his shoulders. This is just him with this supporting cast. Cool. Awesome. But the proof is in the pudding, and that's what we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. And that scoring obviously will level off. He's not going to be a point and a half player well, per that game. That contract long-term. is going to be an amazing <laughs> value contract in two years if he has 150 points. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could see it going either way. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, my, my sweet spot for uh, Sam Bennett deal was in that three and a half range, three to four years. Am I thrilled at four, almost four and a half? Not really, because I'm in the same kind of boat as everyone else. Like, what do you value more 15 games in Florida or, you know, the rest of his career in Calgary? I think that sweet spot's somewhere in the middle, leaning a little bit more towards what he did in Calgary. I think at best he is a, you know, 40 to 45 point player. Uh, I mean, I think his career high prior to the season was like 37 points and that was his rookie year. So I, I mean, look, if you're getting 40 to 45 points, strong two-way play while, you know, Huberto and whatever other winger ends up on the right side are cleaning up. That's fine. You didn't overpay. You might've overpaid a little bit, but you're not in a bad shape. You didn't end up with another J a Jay Beagle type contract. Right. Is that kind of negative downside here? Yes. But I don't think it's that strong. That is that likely. Here's why I disagree that it's an overpay. How on earth are you going to make the argument that he's going to get this kind of average annual value in arbitration when he had what, like 25 points last year? Yeah. Or I, it was a shortened season. So he, he must've had like 15 points. Last I can look it up. 27. Right. Right. The second. 27. I completely agree with you, TJ. He would not have gotten four, almost four and a half in arbitration. Here's the risk you take. One, if you, if you take a player like Sam Bennett to arbitration, He's going to be upset about it. He's not going to be happy. Like David said, he wanted long, long term, which, you know, thank God it's Bill Zito and not Dale Talent because, you know, why not eight? I want to be a Panther. Um, but 
if you took Sam Bennett to arbitration and he, you know, put up, you know, a 50 plus point season, there was 0.0% chance you bring him back because a player like that is going to take it personally that you didn't believe in him and he's going to go get paid on the market. So I understand why you didn't take that arbitration risk, but I do agree with you, TJ, that his arbitration number would have come in in the three range. No, it would have been Dis- in the one range. One disagree to two. just because of the qualifying number. They 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 take that into they take that oh, that's into true. account. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, yeah. so you're not really giving him much more than he gets in arbitration. It's and again, like if you're getting somewhere in between Florida Sam Bennett and Calgary Sam Bennett, are you really that upset at four million dollars, four and a quarter million dollars for a two C? I don't think you are. It's not going to kill you, but it's it's a bad deal. That's well. That's, that's why it's the He's four be... years that I have more trouble agreed accepting mm-hmm. than the four and a quarter million dollars. Especially when you consider, yeah, that's the only bad the deal on the books, of this deal. There seems to be a pretty significant chance that Lundell takes over as two C and pushes Bennett down the lineup, or Reinhardt. Or Reinhardt. Although I, I I do honestly think they're slotting Reinhardt as a right as a right wing. Um, but I mean, it, throughout the lifespan of this deal, Sam Bennett, Sam Bennett won't be the second line center for all four years of this. He just won't be. No, the goal is for Lindell to be that guy. Yeah, it that's seems unlikely. Right. Is for Lindell. But I mean, that's why you see Zito bringing in all these guys that can play center or play wing. It's that they can kind of slot wherever and you can let the lineup kind of formulate if it goes in the plan that they're hoping for. True. You know, we'll see. But it, it's, you know, another reason why they have all these guys that are kind of versatile players. You hear Zito mention it pretty, pretty much every sign he signs, so. It's fun for us to try to make the lines when really anybody could be anywhere except for Barkov and Huberto. Yeah, the one thing we know is Barkov is our top line center, and after that, it's a free for all. <laughs> I mean, you think Verhage will probably be with them again mm-hmm. based on the be. success they had together last year, and also the fact yeah. that they were able to keep the you know Barkov and Huberto separate, which was really nice that they could spread that out as well. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's fun to play with, but and when the season gets here, I'm sure Q's going to have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So I want to move on to uh, something else that I wanted to talk about. As I mentioned before, the price to dump the last year of Strawman's deal was the second round pick again in 2024 for whatever reason. And Vladislav Kolyachanak, uh, opinions on his um, value probably differ pretty gr- pretty uh, widely amongst the four of us. Like I said, I saw him as a guy that had a shot of being an NHLer, but not necessarily a top prospect. I think back to was either last year or two years ago where the price for the Rangers to dump the last year of Mark Stahl's contract, which was right around the same AAV as Strawman was just a second round pick. And I, I also think that in fairness to the Patrick Marlowe trade, the Leafs had to make with the hurricanes where the cost to get rid of his contract, which is about a million more than Strawman was a first round pick. So this comes in, Somewhere in the middle, maybe closer to the first round pick than to the second round pick, considering Kolyachanik was a second round pick. Um, so it's a little bit of a high price, in my opinion, but it also gets compounded with the fact that the cap space goes to the Brandon Montour extension at three and a half million dollars for the next three years. Sort of a Sam, Sam Bennett situation as well. Uh, basically, by every metric, he was playing awful in Buffalo. He comes to the Panthers and looks pretty good. So it's a, it's a question of what you're getting from him, ultimately the Buffalo sample or the Florida sample. But um, in my opinion, I would rather have the second round pick uh, Kolya Chanak and the last year of Strawman's deal 
than pay that price to get rid of Strawman and then roll the dice with this Montour deal that I don't even necessarily love. You know, considering the context, it's fine. The defense market is crazy. They wanted to get an additional guy. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, let me just jump in here quickly and then I'll pass it off. Uh, the reason I think the Panthers had to add Kolya Chanak is that the pick, the second round pick was 2024. You're basically telling Detroit they've got to wait three, I mean, not Detroit, uh, Arizona, three years for their payoff. Mark Stahl, like Detroit got last year's second round pick. So, or this, you know, this recent draft second round pick. So I think that's why the Panthers had to add a second prospect. My initial reaction was, oh, you basically had to pay two second round picks to get rid of Strawman. But then when you see the years spaced out, you know, the, the four of us talking about it, we see a second round pick and say, hey, a second round pick is a second round pick is a second round pick. NHL GMs, when they say, oh, a 2024 second round pick, they devalue it essentially by a round each year because they have to wait so long to use it. I mean, there's a lot of GMs where if you make a trade for a second round pick three years in the future, it's pretty likely you're not going to be the one that gets yeah, to make that draft selection. I was just selection. about to say that. <laughs> so the, the Especially for de- a team like Arizona, for what it's worth. Right. So that the value just decreases so much as the time goes on. So I think that's why the price was so high uh, in terms of the initial sticker shock. David, what do you think about that Strawman deal? I mean, I, I think that's kind of the price of doing business right now. And I think Zito has been pretty astute on making like those kind of uh, – future look moves like you think about the the Chicago trade when he traded uh Connolly's deal and he had to throw in Bordstrom and Stillman you think about the first deal he ever made when he got rid of the Mike Matheson contract so you know that that kind of long-sighted uh financial aspect is really at the front of Zito's mind throughout all this um I mean at the end of the day I think what all these moves are showing you is that the Panthers are really focused on the now as opposed to the tomorrow and the next week they're getting rid of futures to lock in this team right now. So I think it just kind of has more to say about, well, this is the team that we're going all in with. We think we got a pretty good shot with this group with bringing back Bennett and Montour and Verhage and Forsling and all these guys that they're bringing back. Like this is a, this is a really good shot and being Panthers followers aside, you know, we haven't had this, you know, we've had it once in 30 years, but just having for most teams to have a team that is worthy of even being considered uh, a cup contender, which the Panthers right now are 100% cup contenders. I think I checked yesterday. I think they're like plus 2,200, only four or five teams in the league are uh, higher favored to win the cup than Florida uh, as of today. So like they're right in the mix. I get going all in with the group you have. And it's not like based on the sample size we saw last year, it's not like they're going out on a whim with any of this. Yeah. And similarly to the Bennett thing, uh, Montour had good underlying numbers in his short tenure with Florida. You have to be aware of small sample size, but like he was good here. Um, and to soften the blow on Kelichanok, he was probably fourth in our, in our prospect pipeline as far as defensemen go. He's definitely behind Gildon and Ludwig. And after this draft, I'd probably put him behind Noss also. I, I personally am very high on him. Uh, so I don't think Zito saw a future with Vladislav Kelichanok anyway. Um, so I guess, yeah, David, the next big topic that we really want to get your insight on is these, these Barkov and Reinhardt extensions. Uh, you you kind of hinted at them earlier about what's making them take a little bit longer. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? We, we kind of know what's going on with the Reinhardt rumors of, you know, the three or four years, six or seven million, but... Uh, 
let's let's get some insight from you on on what's going on with with those two deals. Obviously, Barkov's got a year left, so it's not like on fire, uh, but it's still something that I'm sure Zito wants to get done. And then, of course, the Reinhardt contract is is very important to this season specifically. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, they wouldn't have made the deal to bring in Reinhardt if they didn't, you know, have a plan, a long term plan with him. Um, and I, when I say long term, it's the 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 Zito long term, which is going to be probably four years would be my guess, maybe three, but I, I think maybe they, they spread it out a little bit more. Um, and with Ryan, it's going to get done. It's honestly the last couple of days, like I, I've been trying to check in with a couple of sources and I haven't heard much. And I, you know, I talked to another media person who's pretty well plugged in and he t- gave me the same thing. He's like, yeah, I haven't heard anything in a few days either. So that kind of makes me think that uh, either maybe they're just somebody's on vacation or somebody's taking a step back and there's, you know what I mean? Cause it is summertime. Um, or maybe they're getting it done and it's just a matter of dotting the I's and crossing the T's and kind of the way that it all got stretched out initially just making the trade with the uh, protected lottery pick and how it just kind of gets stretched out a little bit, the process does. But the Reinhardt deal, like it's just a matter of when at this point, not if. And I don't think there's a whole lot of negotiating going on anymore. I think both sides are pretty happy with where they're at for, based on the last thing I heard, which was late last week. Um, in terms of the Barkov deal, um, I mean, Zito said it himself a few days ago, like he's talked to Todd Diamond, Barkov's agent a few times. Barkov is over in uh, Finland right now. I think he yesterday he was playing golf with Patrick Laine, which he, you know, <laughs> them are always hanging out when they're over there. So, uh, um, and I think actually George Richards may have uh, reported uh, in one of his recent posts that uh, Barkov is uh, expected to sign that deal when he gets back from Finland later this summer. And, and that's kind of the direction that everything I've heard has been going towards as well. It's just a matter of, you know, getting everybody on the same page. But the good thing, with that extension. I mean, Zito, what he was known for in Columbus was a negotiating guy, a shrewd negotiator. The team wasn't getting fleeced or taken advantage of. And you're seeing, you're seeing that here in South Florida. So the Barkov deal, I'm curious, because I know a lot of these guys that have been negotiated with this summer, the Panthers have started with lower numbers and they've had to work their way up, which, you know, it's normal for a negotiation. But with Barkov's deal, I'm just wondering how much they're going to kind of play that footsie game and go back and forth. Or if Zito can just tell Diamond, look, we know Barkov's worth whatever that number is, whether it's nine, 10, 11 million, it's probably going to be in that range. Nine? I, well, I don't know how nice Barkov wants to be and how, you know, much he wants to see money go back into the team and help them succeed. But yeah, I, I, I think we're all kind of in agreement that Zito and Barkov's agent, you said, I think it's Diamond. I just never taken the time to learn who his agent was. They at least know, hey, it's going to be eight years. There's going to be a no movement clause. And I would assume they're within like 500K AAV in terms of the actual AAV amount. And then it's just a matter of like what what needs to get figured out is how much is going to be signing bonus. When, where is the money going to be in terms of what year is going to have the highest dollar amounts? It seems like everyone is kind of backloading these contracts or middle loading uh, because of the um, escrow, because right now, because of COVID, the escrow is sky high. So players signing deals don't want that. Uh, their big money years in the first two years, they're, they're hoping for that new TV deal to really get rid of the escrow. Um, That's good. Yeah. Go, right. I mean, it gives them the opportunity to spend the money when they're going to have a little bit more money to spend. Yeah. I think everyone's happy with that. Um, you know, both players and ownership, like, you know, owners are all taking baths right now. I mean, obviously uh, the C, you know, Sifu and Viola, their actual real business has done really well during the pandemic, but you know, the, <laughs> and it, the actual Florida Panthers team has lost a ton of money. Every team in the NHL has lost a oh, ton yeah. of money the last two years. So to be able to spend less on 
actual dollar value contracts. That's, that's a great thing for them. One thing on the Barkov extension, I wanted to point out uh, the Panthers signed Christopher Gibson to a uh, two-way deal. He's going to be third or fourth goalie, depending on how it shakes out with him and Montembeau. Same agent as Barkov, same agency at the very least worth, uh, worth noting. I was wondering where that, where that was going. Hmm? You're like on the Barkov extension, let's talk about the fourth string goalie. So I was really curious where that was going to take. Good job on that. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, doing the agency a favor, never a bad negotiating tactic. Uh, Gibson, I mean, he's a guy that can probably play not terribly in an NHL game he if he has to. Huh? Wasn't he behind McElhaney last yeah. season? I, well, I'm not terribly yeah. excited because McElhaney was not great when we saw him with Tampa last year either. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, I, I think TJ's onto something that maybe there's a little bit more to just the signing behind it. Maybe, maybe a little extra communication there between Zito and, uh, and diamonds uh, team over there. And not let's, that I- let's also not lose sight of the fact that like for Chris Gibson to play for the Panthers, a few things would have had to go horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Gibson is essentially since Ryan Bednard was uh, not tender, which was a semi-surprising move. Maybe that was just kind of doing him a solid. Hey, you're blocked here. Go find somewhere else. He's your AHL ECHL swingman uh, type signing. Um, the one thing we haven't talked about yet, uh, David, we wanted to get your thoughts on Carter Verhage's extension. Four years. Four. Um, Hold on, sorry, I have it. It's like four point two five AAV. I had it here and yeah, I lost 4. it. Four point two. Four point two AAV essentially keeps him through his age thirty season, and just like you said, everything that uh, Zito is signing is in that three to four year range, unless you are a legitimate superstar, which I absolutely love. No one gets a contract past the age of thirty unless you're a star on this team. Hot take: Carter Verhage is a bona fide superstar and deserves an eight-year deal and at full NMC. Do it. <laughs> All right, that's that's another thing. There's no <laughs> NMCs, no no trade clauses given True. out by Zito, which well, is Barkov fantastic. will Barkov's going to get all that. Like Barkov's going to get the full eight years. I, full. I would be surprised though. Yeah, you can always wave it. Hi, Tommy. My son is making a get his usual guest appearance on the podcast. What does Tommy think of uh, of what Barkov's next contract will be? Uh, he says it's going to be for some kibble bits and a, and a little bit of dry food that what he's finally getting. Your to eat. Are you feeding your son dog food? What the hell? <laughs> I don't know why I went to dog food <laughs> instead of away from this man. Good God. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, did he say that the Panthers should sign Peppa Pig? Did I hear that right? <laughs> Sorry, I'm having they, too many they, conversations. They signed the firefighter too. dog from Paw Patrol. Marshall. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, of, of course. course David you know knows. <laughs> Though we have been watching Bluey in my house. My son loves Bluey. My, my nephew apparently loves beat bugs, which is like a bunch of insects that do covers of Beatles songs. Um, and the covers are actually really good. So check that out if you have a small child or if you just want an interesting take on the Beatles. You know, I want to cross over between that and yesterday, the movie, where nobody knows. It was a good any- movie. No, it wasn't. What? Are you high? That movie I enjoyed sucked. it. I enjoyed it. It was fun, but it wasn't good. Anyway, what I was wanted to say is that uh, nobody knows who the Beatles are. And all of a sudden, we're getting All You Need Is Love, you know, uh, Golden Slumbers, and it's these insects who are playing it. 
That would be an interesting TJ. I'm counting on you to make that movie. All right, I'll I'll uh, whip up the screenplay. But yeah, my nephew really enjoys Beat Bugs, and when I say my nephew enjoys it, I mean my sister and my brother-in-law enjoy it. Uh, so they play it for my nephew. What do you think I meant by I say my kid what loves Bluey? I thought that's what you were going to say. That's why you feed him dog food. <laughs> I don't know where that came. From. I think it's so my Carter Verhage. Kids- I think it's because my kids started playing with the cats and it's the most adorable thing. And then I saw him like, oh, I wonder why he's not playing with the cats right now. And then I started talking about cat food. All right. Uh, but yeah, Carter Verhage. Um, you can tell I'm coming off a cold and having my first drink in like two weeks and it's hitting hard. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like the Verhage signing mm-hmm. to get us slightly back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, David, if you had to give the Panthers offseason, obviously we don't know these last two contract numbers, which are going to be the biggest of the offseason. Yeah. How would you grade the Panthers offseason? And where is something they missed on you think they could have done better? Uh, well, I mean, uh, the grade has to be based on, you know, the deals that they've signed guys to based on what they did last year and, you know, pass-wise. So based on that, I feel like I just said based on five times in 10 seconds, um, I think you got to give them like an A because – you've got to love the team they're putting together. They were a great team last year and there's no reason to think that they won't be a little bit better this year because so many of these guys are in their mid twenties. So they're expected to get better year after year. And that includes your main guys. That includes Barkov and Huberto still 25 and 26. Aaron Ekblad, uh, 20, 25, I believe all these guys are right in there that they're going, they should be getting better in the next few years. So this is the right time to sign them and yet not get locked in too long-term. So Right, you know, with the caveat of assuming paths continue that they've been on, I'm thrilled with it. Uh, trying to think of like any moves that maybe I would have made differently. Um, to be honest, I can't really come up with much because like the the big names that were out there, I didn't want them going all in on a guy like Tarasenko. Uh, yeah, I agree. Know, if, to go after Jack Eichel would be awesome, but you'd have to really blow shit up to get there. And I'm, you know, why blow things up when you're finally in a really good spot for the first time in forever? Um, Ryan Suter didn't work because he wanted longer term than the Panthers. And <laughs> Dallas gave him yeah. four years. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the potential moves that could have been made, I'm really happy with Zito showing a little bit of restraint and instead just saying, you know what? We've built this strong group of locker room guys. They love each other to death. And, uh, you know, let's give them a little bit more momentum. Let's give them a little fuel, uh, pour a little gasoline on the fire and see what happens. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, so am I. I mean... I think if you were tiering the potential acquisitions that were out there for the big splash for the Panthers, Reinhardt was probably number two after Jack Eichel. And you know the fact that Jack Eichel hasn't been traded yet and his injury situation still hasn't been worked out yet, it just wasn't going to work out with the Panthers. I mean, Zito tried apparently, but it would like like David, you would have said it would have cost you Anton Lundell. It would have cost you something you weren't willing to pay. Just fine. <clears throat> There's it is one player fine. on the market that you're okay losing Anton Lindell for, and that player is Jack Eichel. Buffalo's yeah. ass is really high. Florida did check in, but that was, uh, I think at this point I can say weeks ago. Like it's just, yeah, just not worth it with too big of a question mark. And yeah, I, I'm fine with it. Like some team is going to get a great player, no doubt. But I mean, that's, that's a team that's had to sit idle throughout the entire process so far this summer and basically hope to get lucky and hope the chips fall where they may. And maybe it's a team that's in a position where they can make that kind of a risk. Or maybe it's a team like Seattle that's just got a, a ton of money and assets that they can spend. But, you know, it's either way. I don't think Zito or, or a lot of other teams are comfortable sitting back and waiting. 
Is there yeah, and look, props to Kevin Adams also for not just like taking the best of this first round of deals. Props to him for waiting to get like the price that he's asking for. Well, but also you gotta have some you gotta be a little realistic. Like no one's gonna come all the way up to your price, and Jack Eichel does not want to play for you anymore. Well, well, let's see, because you know, everyone said, Oh, Ron Francis is waiting and holding out for his price, and he didn't get it. Um, all right. So David, I think we're running a little uh a little short on time with you. So before we let you go, why don't you just plug where uh where people can find you? Sure. Uh, and again, thank you for having me as always. It's great to have these mostly hockey, somewhat nonsensical conversations with you guys. And it's always fun watching Alex and uh, Jacob laugh while TJ just keeps a straight face. And it's always fun watching you guys interact. Um, <laughs> you can find all my writing stuff on local10.com. You can follow me on Twitter at David Dwork for my, you know, up to the minute Panthers coverage when I can beat George and the Panthers PR team to the news. Um, but yeah, that's really, you know, all the good stuff and the chirping the cats podcast, which I've been saying for a little while, there's a new one coming and there actually is a script that I'm looking at on my computer screen right now. So it is coming. It's just like winter, except, uh, it's not <laughs> a shitty, horrible ending that makes everybody really sad. Like game of Thrones. Are you typing with one finger in one hand? Is that why it's taking so long? Yeah. Wow. I was actually, and I was doing like pinky typing. I was working on some nuts. Look, I, I got the summer, the summer was a little summer break and there's not a lot to talk about. So. Yeah. Yeah. The news has slowed down. The Panthers are literally waiting on two numbers and that's the end of their off season. Yeah. It's okay. We'll have some fun, but yeah, that's a horrible excuse. I know I need to get back in the pods and that's why there's one coming and hopefully they'll get more consistent, but thank you for keeping me honest. Of course. All right. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to uh, to the next time you're coming on. Can't wait to our next awkward conversation, guys. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, David. <laughs> there goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. Thank you so much to David for joining us. Uh, we wanted to talk about the Panthers with David because obviously he covers the Panthers, but uh, now we wanted to talk about just the general activity going on during that uh, free agency period, mostly just the, the period that happened after uh, we last recorded and lots of insane things happened. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to open it up to you guys. Uh, some suggestions. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen getting a first and a second. Um, a, top, a, a top 12 pick. I think it's number 12 pathetic. overall. Uh, OEL getting traded just a ridiculous <laughs> contract and Vancouver takes it on willingly. Uh, and because it gets rid of the last year of a few of their bad deals. Like, oh, I, I, I've got time. Jim Benning is a madman in a bad way. Jim Benning, Chris Drury, and whoever the hell the GM of the Flyers is. <laughs> uh, Fletcher, Chuck Fletcher, I think. Chuck Fletcher, that's right. Insane offense. Yes. Um, what the hell are the three of let's just jump into a worst off seasons and i think those are the three gms and the cornerstone all... of this weird garbage off season is fred durst's new look <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who have not seen um don't it's terrible and it will it will it's very upsetting uh and it i will see it in my nightmares uh but yeah vancouver philadelphia holy shit <laughs> It's, it's incredible, right? It's like it's the exact same reaction that you have when you see that wrist alignment. He looks like he aged like thirty years. He looks like uh, he looks like he's he looks like he's playing the character that he would play in Anchorman Three. 
I like that. Um, yeah, no, it's it's very upsetting though, and it will haunt your dreams. Speaking of uh, Lollapalooza, um, Chicago. <laughs> Speaking of haunting your dreams, the Vancouver Canucks. I was say Chicago also <laughs> given up a lot to get Seth Jones. See, yeah, I don't know. There's Chicago's having a weird oh, off yeah. season. It's not Crazy. like bad but it's it is, weird it and it's probably not going to be good in the long term like they also went out and got jake mccabe which they also like, paid him a lot of money for a guy coming off a major yeah. injury jake mccabe is a I good thought he was gonna get analytical bar. i thought he was gonna get like a one-year deal because i didn't know the consensus of him was uh you know that that good um but it, I, it goes to show like what i was saying before about the montour deal like if you told me two months ago that their Panthers are going to sign him to that deal. I would have been like, Oh God, what the hell are they doing? But looking at what the rest of the UFA defenseman got, it's actually like one of the better deals that the defensemen have gotten in unrestricted free agency. And you're seeing this happen again and again and again. I mean, Tucker Pullman got a four year deal. The name I was about to bring. Tucker Pullman got $10 million. Do you know who Tucker Pullman is listener? Do you even know? (laughs) <laughs> no, nobody knows who Tucker Pullman is. I mean, the the the, the, sta- the standard joke was when you heard two point five million dollars. Everyone thought that was the total term, the total money paid throughout the three years, a three year, four year deal. And no, it's two point five AAV. The deep, the the sound defenseman market went absolutely nuts. It was like, okay, well, you know, everyone saw Tampa and Montreal make the make the finals with you know, bottom pairing defensemen that are six foot three, don't make a lot of mistakes, which are valuable defensemen, but they went way overpaid them. I mean, Tucker fucking Pullman, he's not good. So, I mean, it honestly, it makes the Montour deal not only palatable, but like, okay, that's fine business Mm -hmm. now. If that's, if that's what the, the, you know, the bottom uh, pairing defenseman market was this off season, the fact that you got Brandon Montour, who if he can, you know, extend his Panthers tenure, his 10 game sample size to a larger one, you got a decent, you know, middle pairing defenseman for a decent AAV and you don't feel like you overpaid. Yeah. Tucker Pullman is trash. Yeah. Maybe that is why, why he, why he was uh, getting such a reasonable deal is because like you said, that the kind of defenseman he is allows him to, get some points, you know, drive scoring. And that wasn't the kind of defenseman that was just being, you know, highly coveted in this offseason, which was, those are defensemen that we don't really even want. Like Tucker Pullman would be the 10th defenseman in the Panther system in the depth chart. So no, no use crying over him going to Vancouver. There were, there were two defensemen that I had my eye on. I wanted like Ryan Suter, if we could get him for one mm-hmm. year, or I wanted Jake yeah. McCabe. When those two are off the market, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. I'll take Montour for a couple of years and be yeah, done. Yeah, I mean, fine. I would have had McCabe four by four before I had Montour three by three and a half. But at the same time, like, you can't always get what you want. Are you really going to cry about? And honestly, like, worst case scenario, if McCabe's injury does sustain itself, then like, okay, you True, out. yeah. I mean, we could come up with. And if that's the worst thing about McCabe's contract. Yeah, actually, you have a point. I was going to say that we could come up with worst case scenarios for everything, but no point in doing that. Well, the issue is, is Jake McCabe is healthy enough to play. He's not, he's not an older player who's about to go on LTIR. Like 
he's healthy enough to play. It's just a matter of has he fully recovered. And right, no, but be that's honest, the thing, Alex. Like, he's healthy enough to play, and when he plays, he's good. When he's healthy, he's good. And when he's not, you can essentially ignore his cap hit. Well, but what I'm saying is he's going to play the next three or four years. It's the matter of is he going to play at the level previously? It's the same concern Panther fans ha- should have, but we don't talk about with Aaron Eckblad. It's the same concern we all had with Vincent Trocek. We saw it took Vincent Trocek two plus seasons to get back to being Vincent Trocek after that brutal injury. So Barkov too. Yeah. For the and, it's the, and it's the same. It's going to be the same thing with Jake McCabe is how soon does he bounce back? So he's going to play. So he's going to eat that. I don't, I don't see him going on LTIR for four years. Maybe. He's going to play. It's just, does he play up to his cap hit? And I think that was a pretty big risk by Chicago, but that's a team who's, for whatever not reason, not as decided. big of a risk of give, as giving Seth Jones nine and a half million dollars. That, that was interesting for eight years. Yeah, I, I don't know about with that a one. full no movement clause, which for all eight of starts. Them. He still has a year left on his current deal, so Chicago now has Jones under contract for nine more 2030. years. Twenty thirty, yeah, and eight of those years he's making nine and a half million dollars. That contract Tommy, is going to age so poorly. Tommy will be turning ten when that contract ends. That's crazy. That's God. My nephew also will will be nine years old. Like, wow, that's a weird way to think about it. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> when Seth the, Jones is done in Chicago, our the small children in our lives will be like people. <laughs> they won't be of, adults, but they'll be people. The amount of risk Chicago took this offseason is incredible. It's and it's not even like worth the risk. What are they planning on doing with this? Going for it one more time with Taze and Kane. That's the okay. Only they're gonna get one more shot. They get if they get one more shot with Taves and Kane, and then they still have years and years and years it, where they're just going to be terrible. I'm sure that uh, Bale- Bowman thinks that Seth mocking. Jones is going to be a good player for eight years. I think oh, he does. Sure. I oh, think he absolutely he does. So. Yeah, you don't give a, you don't give anyone eight years unless you think they're a good player. Right. I mean, that's just it's the most Jekyll and Hyde offseason I think I've ever seen because like. You make a great trade to get rid of Duncan Keith and get no money back yeah. and get paid to do it. And then, you get Seth Jones's brother out of it. Right. <laughs> then you then you go and pay a ton for Seth Jones. I mean, you gave up a top 15 pick this year. You're going to give up another first next year where if it doesn't work out, though, I believe there is some lotto protection to that draft pick. And then you go and give Jake McCabe money, which in my opinion is a high-risk deal despite his very good underlying numbers. And then... You follow it up by basically taking Flurry for free, which smart. In, it's 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 in ways it's a very good deal because you got the reigning Vesna winner on a one year deal and you didn't give up anything. However, I also think it's a bad deal. Is how do you not leverage uh, Vegas in that situation and say, "Hey, give me a pick to take this contract off your hands"? Like how? Chicago pick next I year, top three Flurry protected. I think getting for free is enough. Top three protected for okay. that Chicago pick. So Chicago would have to win the lotto. But, like, the reality is they're, I think they're a bubble I, team yeah. best. I, uh, I want to put something out there now uh, because I am going to keep track of this over the next several years. There will come a point during this Seth Jones contract where Adam Boquist is better. Yeah, if you ask some analytics oh, yeah. people, it's right now. <laughs> that point is yeah. t- today, <laughs> opening night 2021. Yeah. 
Adam, there, Adam Boquist will be better than Seth Jones for more than half of Seth Jones's. New yeah. It, that is, that is the bet. That it's I an absurd make. price. Like, I think that it's fun to be like Jones is horrible. I think he's like a second pairing defenseman most of the time. Yeah. Just like the perception of him is so off the charts in league circles. Right. And I think that kind of compounds people who like don't think he's so good mm-hmm. because it's, it's not that he's, I mean, he, he was literally the worst player on the entire blue jackets roster by the underlying gar metrics, but like, just, just look at this. There's Seth Jones on the bottom below Max Domi. <laughs> I mean, everyone was bad for that team this year, but like when you, when you take a defenseman who's like such hot garbage by most metrics that you will look at and claim that he is a Norris, a perennial Norris contender, like, come on. That's going to make him seem even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, 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 we kind of alluded to it. We wanted to talk about worst off seasons. I the, think it's Vancouver. It, yeah, well, uh, Chicago is one of them, but Vancouver. See, Chicago's done enough smart things to make me not think that they've had, that they're like among the worst. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good offseason whenever you arguably take on the worst contract in the NHL, but I don't even know if you can argue that because Vancouver did. Like, they took on the worst contract in the NHL. Well, yeah, Chicago signed one of the worst contracts in the True. NHL. Vancouver... Vancouver owes $13 million in cap money to OEL and Tyler Myers for the next five years. And it comes 15.5 when you add Tucker Pullman. (laughs) They they don't have money left to keep like the one good defenseman that they've got. And that's Quinn Hughes. Like when Quinn Hughes comes up for a new contract after seeing Kale McCarr sign for 9 million, which like, by the way, great job, Colorado on that. Yeah. Um, when Quinn Hughes is due for a new contract, with a, which I think is next next summer, um, unless it's like I right believe now. it is Quinn now. Hughes I believe he needs RFA. a new deal. Oh my God, Quinn Hughes is currently an RFA. Yeah, Quinn Hughes only promise he's a he's a, a no rights RFA, so he cannot sign an offer sheet. But yeah, when that Quinn Hughes deal is done, they're going to Pedersen almost... is too though. He can be yeah, offer sheet. Vancouver has fourteen million dollars in cap space right now. Pedersen is unsigned. Quinn Hughes is unsigned. Like, by the way, they're fucked. I want to point out something about that right side for Vancouver. Tyler Myers, six million a year. Travis Hamonick, three million a year. Tucker oh. Pullman, two and a half million a year. Playing in Detroit for one point seven million a year. Troy Stetcher. That's bad. That's bad. I mean, how did this guy not get fired? Yeah, the fact that Jim Ben like, I I understand when people say on Twitter that like, oh, how can anyone who's just on Twitter think that they would be a better NHL general manager than the actual NHL general managers? But then you see someone like Jim Benning pulling all this crap, and like sometimes it's a like it's justified, right? Like it's not even sometimes it's easily justifiable. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying average you know fan X is smarter than you know worst GM in the NHL, but if you spend a decent amount of time learning the game, reading the CBA, looking at analytics, watching hockey, you can put together a better knowledge base than a lot of GMs. 
I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum. Dale Talon never read the bleeping CBA. I know I've read it. I'm pretty sure Jacob's read it. I'm pretty sure TJ's read it. How are three fans have spent more time writing the CBA than a former GM in the National Hockey League? Like, these people aren't infallible. They're not gods. The deference some fans have to, you know, players and general managers in the NHL is unbelievable. Yes, you know, they got to a higher level in the sport than the three of us did, but that doesn't make them an unfallible. Like, I had a fan tell me the other day, it's like, how dare you call someone trash? They made it to the show. And I'm like, I'm comparing them to their peers. If they suck compared to their peers, I'm going to call them trash. I've always had that conversation with other people about like players. When I say a, a hockey player isn't good, I mean relative to the NHL, not relative to me. Yeah. yeah. Like we, as much shit as we can talk, Tyler Myers would obviously skate fucking circles around any yep. of us. Yeah. Yeah. If but I strapped on relative the pass, to Tyler the Myers NHL, he sucks. Eric can dangle me easily. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking at uh, Vancouver's guard chart now. Uh, all of their best defensemen are no longer on the team. Uh, yep. Jordy Ben gone. Alex Edler gone. Um, and Troy Stetcher two years ago, right, definitely one of those guys. Right now, based on last year's gar metrics, the best defenseman left in Vancouver's system is Ole Levy. Guess what? Unsigned RFA. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, a perfect example of the deference given to these, you know, guys in the league, guys that have, you know, hockey men, quote unquote, is, is Ron Francis in Seattle. And I don't necessarily think that Seattle like fucked everything up, but like they've stepped on some rakes here in pretty obvious ways, starting with the, um, what's his name? Vitek Vanacek situation where they draft him and trade him back to Washington. They set it up for a, how about uh, the Columbus guy? The guy they took from Columbus literally just walked and then re-signed in Columbus as a UFA. Like just someone that, that has you have RFA rights to that you can give a two-way deal and hope you become something in the AHL. Like I think the three of us, when the draft was coming out and you saw some of it, we were like, oh, we were all nodding our heads like, okay, Seattle's playing this really smart. They're conserving their, their cap space. They're clearly, you know, getting paid to, you know, move up to not take some certain players. And then we just, we waited for the side deals and they never came. Never came. They never came. It's, it's like Eurotrip, which I was watching the other time. It's like, I watched a gay porno once and the girls never came. The girls never came. <laughs> and it's like, that's what happened with the Seattle's offseason and their expansion draft process. They never made the moves everyone expected them to be making. They went from everyone thinking they were doing a great job in the expansion draft to everyone just looking at them and being like, what the fuck were you doing? I will say though, like the players that they do have, they're not bad players. No. Like Jordan Everly, Jaden Schwartz, Yanni Gord, Alex Wenberg, Jonas Donskoy, Brandon Tanev, Jared McCann, Callie Yarncroke. Like those are all good enough mm-hmm. players that you'll be able to ice an NHL team. Mark Giordano, Jamie Alexiak, Adam Larson, like Aiden Flurry. Wait, that Adam, like, Adam Larson like, contract build- is looking unbelievable based on the way that the defenseman yeah. market has gone. Which can you imagine? Five years ago, when the Taylor <laughs> Hall for Adam Larson trade happened, can you just like take a moment to imagine? By the way, Taylor Hall, talk yeah. about fucking out of the park extensions. Oof. Four years at six million per. That is that's good. Bomb business for Taylor Seal for Taylor Hall. Yeah. Can you imagine five years ago being like, yeah, no, Adam Larson is actually going to be a fantastic 
roster piece on a very good contract five years from now for Seattle. <laughs> There's another team with an awful offseason. Yeah, yeah, you want to talk about bad GMs, and we haven't even mentioned Ken Holland Man, yet. Like, but like, yeah, Seattle's going to be able to ice a decent NHL team. It's just they, mind-boggling the way they got there. They just didn't accrue assets. I mean, we've talked – I mean, TJ's mentioned Troy Stetcher. We're all fans of Troy Stetcher. He was unprotected. They didn't take him. But, like, you could have you could have flipped Troy Stetcher for something. You could have flipped Troy Stetcher for something. Brandon – I think it's Brandon Dillon – got drafted, got traded by Washington for two second-round picks. Instead, you took Vitek Vanacek and sent him back for a second-round pick. You cost yourself a second-round pick by not knowing you were going to – Go out, you not having your goaltending situation figured mm-hmm. out. Like, if you were going to get Philip Grubauer, you needed to know that prior to the expansion draft. Like, they, I, I, I just hate how they played everything outside of the actual players. Yeah. And that's, keep. that's another thing. Like, right. they willingly took Jonas Donskoy, who was like, he, he appeared to have a Decent. good season last year, but it was shooting percentage driven. His metrics have been terrible. Uh, they br- willingly took Brandon Tanev four more years at three and a half million for a bottom six player. That's a risky move. Uh, the- I don't. I actually think Tanev is decent. I kind of like Brandon Tanev. I, like I think that that those last two years are are not going to be value. Like maybe the first two are. Um, they took John Quenville from the Blackhawks when Nikita Zadorov got a third round pick the next week. They took Connor Geeky from the Hurricanes when Jake Bean Morgan Geeky. Same thing. The yeah, other geeky. Years. Yeah, that's right. Um, he got Jake Bean got a second round pick. He was unprotected. I mean, this would have been an easy way for them to accrue assets. Uh, we talked about the Wenberg deal. We like the player four and a half million for three years. I think I was joking about that on one of these podcasts yeah. that he was going to get something like that. But, um, on off a 20.5 shooting percentage year, you don't pay like this guy just got bought out of a contract that paid him right about 4.5 yeah. AAV had a, I mean, he was very good in his role for the Panthers this yep. past year. But that shooting percentage, like, you can't pay for that's, that. That's Huberto. <laughs> okay, I've, I've got to describe what's going on for the podcast. Jacob is currently looking at the uh, the evolving hockey chart for Jared McCann and looking the way he looks at Mo. It's quite adorable. <laughs> like, I'm that's, pretty sure by the way, Mo Jared is Jared McCann jumps. has one year left on his contract. So next year it's hashtag offer sheet McCann. There we go. Bring him back. <laughs> I don't know how he's going to fit, but we're going to make it work. Although, yeah, I guess we'll have, we'll have a top, we'll have our top three centers. Yeah, he could play wing. Set. Just put him in the Frank Vetrano spot. Make it work. No, here's what you do. You put Reinhardt and Bennett both on the wing and then have McCann. Oh, my God. Now we're cooking with gas. That really would be the helicopter. (laughs) Um, Anybody else that you guys want to talk about before we hone in on, like, the teams that Florida's going to be most competitive with? Players or GMs? (laughs) can be whatever you want. Um, I think think Arizona had a good offseason in terms of accumulating assets. Arizona did what Seattle should have. And they, and they didn't take any long money. All the assets they accumulated were one, maybe two years. I, we only um, Seriously, the, the Vancouver was situation was fantastic for Arizona. They yeah. take on one year of, what was it? It was Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, Beagle and... Roussel. Roussel, I think. And Antoine Roussel. They get rid of OEL, and they recoup the first-round pick that they lost. And just for the cost of Carnot. It was like, a top-15 pick. It was, it was number nine. Was number nine overall pick. Ninth they get Dylan Genther, yeah, who was thought to be like a top five prospect a lot of the year. 
Right. So basically they paid Connor Garland to get out from underneath OEL and also recoup a top 10 pick. Yeah. Great deal. Yeah. Great deal. And then they are doing what Seattle should have done. I mean, so many teams should be doing something like this every off season or trying. True. If you're bad, that's right. You just mentioned, you just mentioned their draft picks. Arizona has five second round picks. That's amazing by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They, and two first by the, although one of them is Colorado's, so they basically have six second round picks. Yeah, how do you jump? How do you jumpstart rebuilding your farm system? You have five second round picks. You probably will only hit on one, maybe mm-hmm. two of them, but you've just created so much opportunity. Over the next three drafts, uh, the Arizona Coyotes have twelve picks in the first two rounds. That's a it's a good way to start your rebuilds and uh, they might accumulate yeah. more because apparently they're trying One of them to is ours. trade. Um, what's his name? Christian Dvorak. Uh, him. I, uh, I just heard Frank Saravelli said they're trying to trade uh, Keller. Jacob Chikrin. Apparently no, Chikrin is the only player they're unwilling to trade, but uh, I don't want to spend too much more time talking Smart. about coyotes and really nobody else out West that I want to talk about. And then that we're talking about the East. We're talking about teams that are, competitive with the Panthers. And that's sort of where I wanted to go here. Uh, I want to start by talking about the hurricanes. Cause I think that they had a, a very bad off season, to be honest. I yeah. liked, I feel like most of the Metro has had a really bad off season. I, I did like the trade. I like them getting Ethan bear. Warren Fergal, not as good. You gotta, you gotta sign Dougie Hamilton. You gotta, you gotta give him eight years. Except for the devils. As an asterisk to my former yeah, point. Um, Most of the Metro had a bad offseason, except for the New Jersey Switching Mrazek for Anderson is a loss. They traded their best goalie for very little. Over over a million and a half. Man. There was there was a million and a half in, in AAV between what Carolina wanted to pay and what Nadelkovich wanted. Here's what I'm going to say on Adelkovich, and I've been waiting to get this on the podcast. I don't blame Caroline in the slightest. One, goaltending is voodoo. Two, up until this year, Nadelkovich had been garbage at every level, garbage. So, yeah, he had a great 20-something games. I don't blame them for upgrading on Nadelkovich and not paying him because I, I, have, I think you're going to see him in the AHL midway through the season because he's just not going to be able to keep it up. I, I agree with you that he's not that guy. But I mean, they brought in Frederick Anderson, and I don't even remember the second guy. Um, Anti Ranta, and, and Anti Ranta is going to spend half the year on the IR. I mean, when he's not on the IR, he's very good. But like, you're not going to get more healthy as you get older. Like, that's not the way it works. <laughs> I, I'm not a huge Freddie Anderson fan, but he's also had to play behind a god awful shot suppression team in yes. Toronto. So I think he's going to have a bounce back year with Carolina behind a team that's very good at shot yes. suppression. The one thing I do like that Carolina did is they game three the shit out of this draft. They moved down at every single possible scenario, and I think they ended up having like fifteen plus picks in this past draft. So this was a draft where there was no information available, where you had to lean heavily on your analytics scouts. And they just said, we're going to move down. And we're, <laughs> damn it, I kept it good for the entire podcast. And in the last few minutes, fell apart. Um, they game theory the hell out of the draft. They ended up with like 15 plus picks in this draft. And if you're going to find diamonds, 
with very little, you needed ammunition and that's what they accumulated throughout this draft. I, I loved what they did. The best way to hit on late draft picks. This is a, a paraphrase of our friend Reese Jessup. The best way to hit on late draft picks is to make a lot of them. Yep. Make carpet bomb. Uh, sticking to the I Atlantic in particular, Tampa didn't do a whole lot. Sticking to, we're talking about the Metro. The hell are you talking like about? Moving, moving to, to the, the Atlantic. Atlantic and staying with it. Tampa didn't really do a lot. Uh, I think the team that had the most flux is the Bruins because they did plenty of things. They had plenty of things happen, let's say. Uh, Krejci retires or goes back to the Czech League. Uh, that's going to be a loss for them, even though he had a down year last year. Uh, they're going to have to find a 2C. They bring in, um, what's his name? Michael. They Who did they go bring in? The goalie. Um, Linus Olmark. Gosh, Linus that's Olmark. Right, that's right. Which was bold. Yeah, I, I was liked bold. Olmark. I didn't anticipate him getting that contract. Uh, I think it's a risk, but he's he's good, so he could definitely perform up to it. Um, Felino, two years, three and a half million for a guy that like did nothing in the playoffs last year and regular season honestly didn't do that much either. That was interesting to me. Yeah, that, I would have much rather seen that be a one-year deal for Boston. Though Boston making bad decisions, I'm always mm-hmm. here for. Yeah. Um, they did. I mean, we, Jacob already touched on. I don't think we need to go into further detail. They did great on the Taylor Hall mm-hmm. signing. Um, I mean, maybe the last couple of years in the 34, mm-hmm. 35 age seasons aren't great, but they're going to get great value out of that for the tail end of Patrice Bergeron and uh, Brad Marchand's careers. Um, I, th- I think they made the right move letting David Krejci walk. He was up there in age. He was going to want $6 million plus to come back for another year. He wasn't coming back, back for nothing. I think letting him walk was the right move. Um, I'm not a big fan of Linus Olmark. Like, I believe he was pretty mediocre when it comes to a goal saved above expected. So um, I would give them a, like a CC plus offseason just because they made some good moves, some head-scratching ones. I mean, if it wasn't for Taylor Hall, that would have been a D minus offseason, in my opinion. Um, they don't have enough cap space to bring in Jack Eichel without jettisoning some serious assets. So that's also cool. So they yeah. can't just be like, all right, we lost David Krejci. Let's have Jack Eichel instead. Right now, their longest contract, uh, actually, it's Brandon Carlo. Yeah, I didn't like um, that deal. Yeah, that's just yeah. a lot of years. The AAV is really not terrible if you think Carlo's going to be. He decent, tops out as like, a as a number four though, because he has no offensive skill, can't move yeah. the puck, and he's he's got a lot of years. And then Charlie Coyle is their second longest signed. Yeah, that, player. that one's yeah. going to age poorly. At five and a quarter, that's bad. And then, uh, PTP favorite uh, John Moore slash Mike Riley, tidy deal. Get him at three years, three million. Same deal. To Derek Forbort. Oh God, I had to like take a look because they have both John Moore and Mike they Riley. Do. So I was like, John Moore is signed for for just shy of three for through the next two years. What do you? Yeah, but Mike Riley is sticking around for a couple of years. I think that's Forbort deal though. They gave Eric Halla term. Eric, Eric Forbort is is rough. Eric Halla, former Panther legend. I mean, it's not a lot of yeah, money. Yeah, the Halla deal is really not terrible. It's two years, but, but he does million, nothing. Like but he's he not good. Nothing. He's a exactly. He's a if there's a team player. where he like, okay, if you go with Marchand, Bergeron, Pasta as your top line, and then you let Eric Halla play with Taylor Hall. Yeah. I think that Felino is probably going to do it. Or uh, 
All right, so Hall, Halla, Felino. Not a bad second line. Taylor Hall kind of has to carry that line, but like that's really Uh, not a bad second line. uh, You can put Jake DeBrusque on there too. All right, moving on. Um, Leafs, Detroit, Detroit, sure. No, let's go in alphabetical order. Um, Detroit, what? Going in alphabetical order and skipping Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo, then. Excuse me. We don't really need to talk about Buffalo that much. I mean, they're going to be yeah, terrible. They got they're rid tanking. of Rasmus Ristolainen. They're tanking. Yeah, they they still have Jeff Skinner, and yeah. Yeah. they they've signed. There's nothing. There's just nothing worth talking about with Buffalo until they trade Jack yep, Michael. I agree. Uh, they did well in the Risto deal. Not as well in the Reinhardt deal. We've talked about that already. Uh, Detroit. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. One thing. One thing I want to talk mm-hmm. with them. What the fuck is Anderson doing signing up to play for that team? Like, just retire, man. Like, I I, I know you don't want to leave. He doesn't want to leave. The That's, NHL, it. That's it. But, like, your, your 38-year-old season is just going to be getting shelled. Like, he's why? 40. He's 40. Or 40 years. He's 40 years old, and he's, like, look, he's got solid stats, but, like, you're literally going to tank your 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 regular stats for, you know, the, the rest of your career. And, I mean, I don't have them in front of me, but, like, Let's say he was. What's someone tell me what his stats are so I can get my point across better? Let me, let me just ask you a question. I mean, Alex. he's forty. That's all the stats you need. Alex, you're a goalie. If you Unless were offered seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for one year, you're taking it. Well, here's here's the <laughs> here's the thing. His career earnings are thirty nine million dollars. He doesn't like. If, if the desire really is to play, sure, go be the number two on a cup contender. But to go literally get shelled in what's likely your final – I mean, hope maybe maybe he's hoping to have a resurgent and get moved at the deadline. That's got to be it. But, like, right now his yeah, career – Yeah, because by deadline time, maybe they think they can just bring uh, Uko Pekka-Lukanen in and have Del, Del and Lukanen running the show. I, I don't think a cup contender like, was offering Anderson a spot, like even a backup spot. He could have been yeah. an AHL no. guy, you know, maybe get the call up situation like it was uh, for Washington. He got in because Vanacek and uh, Samsonov were both hurt. Uh, but, you know, it, it's interesting that a guy like that still has the passion. You know, good for him, I guess. Uh, moving on to Detroit. Wait, wait. I finally got to the stats and then we'll get be quick. He could retire today with a 913 save percentage and a 2.84 goals against average, which is a very solid career. No one, no one's ever gonna say that and say anything negative about that. You literally could tank that number to under 910 and over 2.95 with a brutal season. Just why? Walk away. All right. Well, with the amount of games he's played, I don't think 30 or 40 this games. This is way is really too much gonna... bandwidth for the Buffalo Sabres. I'm I'm just stopping it. Uh, Detroit. Let's Fine. let's make this faster. Um, Pius Suter, two Detroit years. Why? Good off I don't understand that. Nick Letty, you I traded like for his full cap hit and gave up a second round pick. Why? Okay, that's that one. Yeah. Um, the Delkovich trade was good. You know, even though, like Alex said, it's not necessarily a guarantee that he's going to continue playing like this. You got to have something to hope for, and that's something to hope for. Uh, they still have so many terrible contracts from when uh, Ken Holland, current general manager of the Edmonton Northern, signing terrible contracts, uh, was there. So they're they're letting them burn. Uh, oh yeah, and they extended Mark Stahl with a no movement clause because of reasons, I'm sure. Uh, Stevie Wise making some questionable decisions in this go around. 
Um, At the same time, though, like you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm just saying it's not as it's not as slam dunk as every move he was making in Tampa where it was just like, oh, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. This makes a lot of sense. And Mark Stahl was a one year deal, by the way. So basically with an NMC, what you're doing is if he's decent, you're letting him choose where he wants to go at the deadline. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the only thing I'll push back on is Pius Suter from the smart people we know. He was the best of the non-tenders this year. He doesn't have Carter Verhage potential, but of the non-tender young guys, he was the best one. So yeah, I guess yeah, that the cap hit is funny money Detroit for Detroit, so they can give him what no other team was yeah. willing to. You can probably get right. you can probably get a healthy return for Pius Suter at the deadline. He's also. got a two-year deal, yeah. so probably next year's deadline. But you know they're they're still going to be in this right. situation. Uh, that Verana and um, Mantha trade last year, though, was still pretty tidy business by them. So uh, good work. And they used that first round pick to trade up and get the uh, the first goalie taken in this draft. So uh, if that guy pays off, and I can't remember his name for reasons, but uh, that guy pays off, it's going to look very good. Um, Montreal. Oh, the tall guy. Montreal is, uh, well, they're, they're probably losing. Can we just pass Jay on Weber? I mean, they did a lot of stuff. Mike Hoffman. That. They did a lot. Uh, no, Shea Weber, they did. Shea Weber is not playing next season. We already yeah, know this. So they go out and That's they confident. get David Savard, who I think uh, that they're going to regret that deal. I think he's a guy in the vein of a, um, uh, geez, I'm forgetting everybody's name. The Bruins defenseman we were just talking about who got the big extension. Mike Riley slash John Moore. Carlo. Brandon Carlo. Brandon he's, Carlo. A no, he's a no <laughs> offense, can't move the puck guy. And those guys are limited in what kind of impact that they can give you. Yeah, this is another one. The David Savard deal, this is another one where like the money seems fine, but why are you giving him four years? Yeah, it was. I, I think they saw David Savard have that great pass to uh, Ross Colton to win game five. God, and they're like, oh, yeah, he can so much that Ross Colton scored the Stanley Cup winning goal. Yeah, but I, 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 I don't Ross think David's, I think David Savard, they're going to regret that deal pretty quickly. Um, they let Ryan. Uh, Philip Deneau, Jacob's favorite uh, Montreal Canadian, go, and he's now a, he's now with the LA Kings. And to replace him, and I guess to replace Tatar, they bring in Mike Hoffman, which should fix their power play issues, but kills them five on five when that team that team fluked their way into the Cup Finals by being extremely tough to score against at five on five, and they brought in a player who is a sieve at five. Yeah, I mean, on but five. that's their logic. The best five on five centers in the game. That's their logic though. They're like, Oh, we're going to be great at five on five. Let's get the power play guy. Everything's going to work. But re- in reality, them letting Qatar and Dino walk, that's going to kill them. Like this team's going to be pretty bad next year. And we're going to all be like, wow, I can't believe that the Canadians go from this finals to like seventh place in the Atlantic. But like, it's pretty easy. Uh, to see. 2017 uh, Ottawa senators. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> Game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals to like Speaking of Ottawa Senators, just like that. They're next. Um, no, let's not talk about da- I don't know how Dadnoff got legitimate um, assets. Like that was that was looking like an albatross and they turned it into a third round pick. Amazing. I, I don't know what Vegas was thinking there. I mean, I know what Ottawa was thinking. They paid him like two yeah. million real money last year and I think they own like seven this year. So uh, they got rid of him because... Eugene Melnick doesn't want to pay anybody. I mean, they're relying, they're relying on their young guys. That's Ottawa's most notable move this offseason was hiring Pierre Maguire, 
uh, because my god, that is just going to destroy all of the forward momentum that they had been also, building. If we're gonna talk and it already about has. They by far had their the draft stuff. was terrible. Talk about off ice things. Uh, Montreal's first round pick, inexcusable. No, I I want to. Should we talk about that? No, everyone else has. Yeah. Right, but Everyone I feel like has. we should at least take a stance. Like, yeah, fuck Logan Mayu, fuck the Montreal Canadiens, fuck uh, Mark Bergevin. Next. Yeah, just <laughs> kind of like our rubber stamp onto the, the general sentiment, which is that that was horrible. Uh, not much to talk about with the Senators, though. At least they didn't do that. They got that going for them. Uh, Tampa Bay. No, they, they just drafted guys like way, way too high. Like their first round pick was like a projected late second rounder. Their second round pick was like off most off the board, boards. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Dale Talon S draft size, but little skill. Pierre Maguire knows where all of them played junior hockey. So yep, yep, and who their teammates were. Uh, Tampa loses Coleman, loses Goodrow. I think that that is is very overwrought. That's one of those things where players become so underrated they're overrated. And I, I have a lot of time for Blake Coleman. I th- the Barclay Goudreau contract yeah, in New terrible. York. Terrible. Fucking oh. terrible. I think that Blake Coleman's deal in Calgary is going to actually have four years of upside. And then the last two years will be bad. But he, no, he's a legitimate top six forward, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, well, I, I, yeah, I'd say legitimate middle six. Maybe. I would have said middle six. six. Yeah, he's, he's I wouldn't a put Blake 40-ish on point guy. Line. Well, that's because he's never played he's on a, 40, a top 40. line. He doesn't get top line ice time. He doesn't get power play. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to disagree with you, and I'll leave it at that. Wait. Um, Tampa, Tampa, Tampa essentially has lost. Brent Seabrook's contract? Yeah, that was involved yeah, in the uh, Tyler Johnson, the Tyler Johnson deal. deal. Oh, right. Good move for them. That that yeah. really really they, is clutch for them freeing up some cap space that they needed. Yeah, although they still have zero dollars of cap space. So. Yeah, I mean that's because of the LTIR, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean Tampa did what Tampa had a good yeah. offseason. Yeah, Tampa's still Tampa. They still got Cooch. They still Corey got Perry. Seniors. They've still got yeah. Point. They, they lost. They up. actually they upped Braden Point. Uh, he's got one year left at just shy of seven, but then he's up yeah. to nine and a half for the next forever. Yeah, which I is mean, like that. I mean, that's going to be fine. They lost their <laughs> entire third line, and the reality is they're still the favorite in the Atlantic, and they still should be the favorite to come out of. Well, the their, East. their third line next so, year of Alex Berry, Boulay, Matthew Joseph, and Corey Perry is going to be like ninety percent as good. So there you go. Right, and that's yeah. the thing about Tampa; they know exactly how to keep churning out these these decent depth lines while keeping their stars together. Last word on Tampa. Yeah. I mean, they're still fucking Tampa. Yeah, they're still Tampa. Panthers are going to be chasing them all year. Uh, and we'll end with Toronto, last team in the Atlantic. I like the Mrazic signing for them a lot. Sure. Jack Campbell fine. can be the guy if Mrazic is back to Philly Mrazic level. Last few years of... They should have They should have protected Jared McCann, though. That like, was They bad. actually could have used him. I mean... if they And they, they barely gave anything up to they, get him. They really should have protected him. They would have had to pay a, a high price to replace Justin Hall based on the offseason that we just saw. Yeah, and yeah. think about what Morgan Riley is going to need, going to ask for next. But he's not a too. big, I mean, right-handed defenseman that plays on the third pair, so maybe he'll get market value. <laughs> yeah, but market value, he's still a one D. Yeah, yeah. Um, market value for a one D is still nine million bucks. Like <laughs> they're fun. They, two good and two bad depth deals. Good risk, uh, good low risk bet on Andre Kasha. 
Andre Kasha. I've wanted him yeah. in Florida for is years. Michael Bunting is like the kind of guy that Bill, Bill Zito would sign this offseason if he had the forward space, but he doesn't. Uh, Nick Ritchie, two years. Why? David Camp, two years. Yeah. Why? These aren't good players. No, <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, like there's a legitimate argument that Florida can finish ahead of Tampa, of Toronto. Oh, yeah. Most people would say that they're most they god will. they don't have a three four five or six and 22 though yeah no Tor- toronto <laughs> is toronto has the same problem they've had the last three years their top six is in- incredible their third line is solid they cannot suppress shots at all and they've done nothing to fix that problem they've i mean i think that problem. they over the past couple of yeah, years they they've, in, had, they've, they've added the, the guys on the back end that have actually made a big impact for them defensively it's just that uh, some of these top guys have taken steps back like Tavares last year was he was ordinary honestly like that was a problem for them they were paying 11 million dollars to him he's got to be exceptional uh, though also i mean austin matthews was out of this world good at right goals. i mean it's the it's the like. north division they finished first very easily True. so who knows like the regular season for them was a cancer so it, you cannot really take a whole lot out of it unless guys were like clearly underperforming which several of them were yeah. um but i i think their defense is not as bad as people say like tj brody jake muzzin these guys are legitimately good defensive defensemen Brody did struggle a little bit in Calgary, and I don't think that contract is going to age super well for the next three years. He's already 31 years old. Um, but, like, yeah, he did have a decent year in Toronto. Yeah. But I, I do think we have to take the North Division competition into account yeah, here. Muzzin being 32, like, if these guys lose a step and suddenly forwards are getting past them easier, they don't have another guy to step in and take on top comps. So that's going to be a problem. And, uh, you know, well, I mean, I think they're kind of hoping that Rasmus Sandin can kind of step in and we'll, take we'll over. see. They've been saying that for we'll a see. while. I mean, he's 21. Have they, though? I mean, I feel like they've been saying yeah, but that they... about Timothy Liljegren, but and Sandin, like Sandin was supposed to be a full time NHL or his 19th season, then he didn't really work out. He was supposed to do it last year. And yeah, the really hype is it. always going to be there. Yeah, that, that organization, when they hype their prospects, like it's just insane. Um, let, they let's still have Michael Hutchinson under contract. He is their three. He's, He's like ha- their twelve. <laughs> Whatever. Either either way, let's uh, let's wrap it up with this. In terms of not overall, like where you see them, the teams fitting in terms of the standings next year. On paper, how would you rank the off seasons, including the Panthers? Hmm. Uh, I would say that the Panthers probably had the best off season of any of these teams or Tampa, yeah, Tampa, number Florida one. Teams, Tampa, number one, the Florida teams have had the best mm-hmm. off seasons. See, I, I would say Tampa did the best business for themselves because they're still loaded and they found their way under the cap. Getting so rid of one. Tyler. That Johnson. was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And getting Huge LTIR money back. For them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause last year they were paying for LTIR money. So they got rid of Tyler Johnson and got LTIR money for a second round pick. Like that's great business. Um, Fuck think, Montreal's off season. Yeah. I think the Panthers by far had the second best off season. Then there's a pretty decent gap between one and two. You can- Montreal probably had the worst. They lost two thirds of the best line in the NHL of one of the best lines in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, their draft was a disaster. Yeah. At least the first round. Um, 
they lose Shea Weber for uh, Shea Weber might be done. Yeah, like he he might just outright be done playing. They replaced hockey. him with a I mean, long run. That's and they, good number they five. They bring in Mike Hoffman and Mike Hoffman. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, although you you just know that Mike Hoffman is going to fucking light us up all year, right? Like he's going to light up on the yeah. power play. I I just want I just want us to be on the same page here. Like Mike Hoffman is going to destroy the Panthers. Oh yeah, and then when all <laughs> the comments come, like oh my Panthers should have brought back Mike Hoffman, we're going to all just have to roll our eyes. Yeah, I think that people won't be saying um, that though, because the Panthers will be so much better. Um, yeah, what? See, here's here's a fun little Atlantic Division question for you guys. Uh, what are we going to get dunked on for more? Mike Hoffman being lights out against us, or Sam Bennett being good for the a latter? Full if it happens, the latter, no question. <laughs> I, I think I think we got a better chance of the Sam Bennett one happening. I mean, um, if both happen, we're going to get way more tweets about Sam Bennett. Oh, for oh, sure. That's true. For sure. That's true. I oh. guess we were kind of like stand out in the Bennett response. Yeah. Whereas like Mike Hoffman, there's it's kind of more, it's a little bit more split 50-50 in terms of whether he's good or bad. Yeah. He's bad, but like the public opinion is kind mm-hmm. of split a little bit. Uh, this has been running pretty long. So where where yeah, are we gonna land this plane? Any go. anything else that we need to point out? Uh, let's just say final thoughts. For yeah, everyone. I mean uh just one last thing I want to say and not really digging too deep into it. Like I think we alluded to it a little bit earlier, just saying again, Metro teams had insane off seasons, like the Rangers just gritting. God, up, we didn't talk about the gritting Rangers. all over the place. Philly. The Rangers grit their, grit yep. their pants. Like that's exactly what they did. That's perfect. They really did. Uh, Philly did not uh, <laughs> sim- similar things. Philly brought in Ristolainen yep. on yep. purpose. That's, that's <laughs> oh my God. Though they also brought in Ryan Ellis. So yeah, it's like... weird. Um... Rangers went from one of the most charmed rebuilds of all time to just blowing it up in seconds. Thank God. Chris Drury... Capo Caco. Thank God Chris Drury pulled I think that a lot of this is coming from upstairs, though. I think that this is what um, uh, the owner, James Dolan, really wants the team to be doing. He's got, um, what's his name? Glenn Sather behind him. Yeah. Ooh. Right, but if Drury wasn't on board with this, he would have left with Davidson and uh, and the other guy whose name I'm, I'm missing right now, Gordon. If Drury wasn't on board with the plan, he would have been out with Sather and Gordon. I'm not sorry, uh, with Davidson, Davidson and Gordon. So I'm I'm on team Drury. It looks like a disaster as a GM. God, that Barclay Goudreau deal, Goudreau and Chris Kreider are the two longest contracts that the Rangers have signed right now. And uh, props yeah. to the Devils for getting Dougie Neither Hamilton. Neither are going to age well at all. <laughs> D- Dougie Hamilton will provide $9 million in value for the Devils, I think. Yeah, oh, he'll more. be fine. He'll be fine. Dougie Hamilton's going to provide way more. Yeah, I mean, all right, let's... I, I was listening to NHL Network Radio in the car during the free agency days, and I heard a lot of bad stuff from them like wrong stuff about oh, i don't know about dougie hamilton on the defensive side like no he's good defensively just because he puts up points doesn't mean he's bad defensively yep. like can we fucking put that idea behind us that if a defenseman is like puts up numbers it doesn't mean that they're an offensive defenseman it means that they're good well not necessarily but like it doesn't mean that they aren't good defensively mm-hmm. and in carolina they could have brought him in they, they could have kept him. I don't think they wanted... Clearly, there was some cost-consciousness going what? on in Raleigh. Cost-consciousness in, in the Carolina Hurricanes organization? No. 
see, as a Panthers fan, I don't know if you're allowed to. That's make that true. Joke. I mean, they gave Bobrovsky <laughs> ten million, so I, I, I will make it. That's I will fair. make it. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, what do you guys got? Yeah. Uh, my my final thoughts are. Um, well, we forgot to mention uh, Sarah Valley mentioned Chara as a possible option for the Panthers. Jake and I talked about it previously. I, I, I still just, I don't see a fit. I'm still am the fit. And the last we, thing we I, have Ratko Gudis. Why do we need Zidane Chara? Like, aren't uh, yeah. don't they serve the same purpose pretty much? Like, well, one's just, just supposed to be your big lumbering, scary defenseman who will murder you. Well, if you bring in Chara, it's because he's been around for so long. You know, you he can teach the, everybody about like like Yager did how to prepare, you know, how to train. And also, you know, it's sort of a rings in the room sort of thing, but it's also like that training and that, you know, maintaining and that like motivation that he can bring. We don't need more rings in the room. We have Carter Verhagen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I think Char could have that Yager type impact, but I just don't see a fit. On the ice. Where's the fit on the roster? Yeah, there's no fit on the ice. And he's not going to come be a seventh defenseman. He's not. Right. Um, But... You know who is a big, strong right-handed defenseman who's still UFA? I do. No, don't say. I that. do. Um, Eric fucking Goodbranson. I wonder what. It it's, it's shocking. He's to going me. to the Rangers. Yeah, probably. It's shocking to me that a player so good <laughs> is still on the market. Like I figured for sure he would have been a twelve oh one signing on July twenty eighth. Like you know five million five point five AAV. Like he's just like the fact that he is still there unbelievable someone's gonna get a gem out of that yeah i i totally agree i mean he's gotten assets and trades for the last like three years running so that's how you get that's how you get assets just sign erica branson that's how you do it do it sign him and he will get you an asset uh that's it for me yeah, he's a- uh, like i said earlier but uh i i uh lied uh thanks for listening to panther Paris. we would really appreciate it if you left us a five-star review on whatever you're listening on on Yelp. Yeah, leave us a Yelp, Yelp. review. <laughs> Should that be our new bit? Just like asking to leave five star reviews on different platforms. Leave us a five star review on Nextdoor. <laughs> I like that bit. We're, that that that's a bit from now on. Every episode asks for a five star review on a non uh, podcast on, on, on an app that has nothing to do with podcasting. <laughs> um, I mean, that's the only really the thing I can think of. Uh, off-season mode is now truly going to be in effect. So podcast content is going to be weird. Um, it may happen. It may not happen. We haven't really decided. Uh, but I mean, we're, we're trying to get guests on who we'll, we'll talk about the previous we'll, season. We'll and next record season. when Barkov Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Reinhardt. Whether, we're, whether we'll be drunk or sober, we will see. But we are going to record when Barkov signs. <laughs> yeah, so five stars on uh, Google+. Plus. And that's all about all I can ask for for you guys. Uh, until next time, I've been TJ for Jake and Alex. We'll see you next time. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for.
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com internet for details.